Good Chaydush, everyone. We have a wonderful day. We continue. We left off. Safim Nundalad 54a. The third line from the top. Inu and Ul and Abrachan. Commands of Ruah, who do they hold? They refuse. They don't agree with Rab Abba. Rab Abba reported the name of Rabbi Eichanan that you don't make a blessing on the fire after Yom Kippur. And they disagree. They say, no, even after Yom Kippur, by Avdallah, you make a blessing on the fire, just like every, every Saturday night. So who do they hold like? You do make a blessing on the fire, whether it's Saturday night, after Yom Kippur, that's the custom. I'll ask you a question. We learned the Braise, you don't make a blessing on the fire, only Shabbos. Why? Because that's when it was created. Because Adam was plunged into darkness. And then he, he thought the world was coming to an end. Hashem gave him the wisdom. He put two stones together and rubbed it. And, and, um, and, uh, and he made fire, created fire. So this is only Saturday night. As soon as he sees it, he makes a blessing. He makes a blessing. He immediately makes, makes a blessing. For the, in other words, right after, as soon as he sees it, even before he makes Abdullah on the cup of wine. Yehuda says, no, he makes the Abdullah on the cup. You wait until you're doing it together. You like, you make a bracha, you, hold, you have the cup of wine, you do the psalmim, then you do the, the blessing on the, on the, on the fire. Rabbi said, the law follows Rabbi Yehuda. So therefore, Rabbi Yechanan says that only Saturday night you make a blessing on fire. So how could you say in the name of Rabbi Yechanan? Rabbi Yechanan said, you also make it uh, after Yom Kippur. So your mother says, like, Kasha, it's not a contradiction. Saturday night you make a blessing on fire that you create Saturday night because it commemorates the fire that was created for the first time when Adam rubbed the two stones together and created fire. So that happened Saturday night, and that's why every Saturday night you create fire. That's exclusive to Saturday night. Yom Kippur, after Yom Kippur, you could only make a blessing on the fire that rested all Yom Kippur. You can't create a fire, light a match, and make a blessing. No, after Yom Kippur, you can't make such a blessing. The reason you make a blessing after Yom Kippur is because since all Yom Kippur you couldn't light a fire. It's not like Yom Tov. Yom Tov, you can light a fire. You can cook, light a fire. So on Yom Kippur you can't light a fire, so you have to take a fire that rested on Yom Kippur. That hmm. you didn't do any work with it on Yom Kippur, and that's and that's what you're. That's the reason you're making a blessing, and that's the only fire you can use. You can't strike a match and make a new fire. You can only take a flame that was there, that was lit, or Yom Kippur, that no sin, no sin was done with it. Or, Rashi says, fire that was lit for a person who was sick, who was dying, when the Torah says you're allowed to, someone is in danger. Again, I didn't do a sin with it. Shashavas, it rested from a sin. But fire that was lit throughout Yom Kippur without sin. I can't just make a new fire. So that's the distinction. When Rabbi Yechonah said only Saturday night, he's talking about creating a new fire. That's only Saturday night. 
such a flame, you can't make a blessing after Yom Kippur. But a flame that rested, and Yom Kippur, you make a blessing in a flame that was lit up and, and but rested from sin all Yom Kippur. We light a we light a candle before Yom Kippur, and, and you know these twenty-four hour candles, twenty-six hour candles, yeah. and on that candle you make you make the blessing after Yom Kippur on the fire. You make a blessing on. You know what? I think we should close the door. Let me just. So we make a blessing on on fire that that that, that comes out of wood, stones. You don't make a blessing. And like Kasha, it's not a contradiction. Moitzay Shabbos, it could be even be of, of 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 a fire that you create. That moment you light a match and you create a fire, and that's when you make the blessing over. Just like Adam created fire, Moitzay mm-hmm. Shabbos, and on Yom Kippur it has to be. You don't make a blessing lit. You only make a blessing on fire that existed that was lit up all Yom Kippur in a kosher way. Says Rebbe, now the fire, the blessing you make over fire, Rebbe Mafazaram. The Rebbe used to spread it out. When he saw he saw fire, he'd make a blessing. Nothing to do with Abdullah. When they brought him spices, he would make a blessing. It was all spread out. It wasn't all at the same time. Rebbe used to do it all together: the cup of wine, the besamim, the spices, and the fire. Like we do. I'm Ravisa Barav Dimi. Ravisa Dimi says, Afi Shrevi Mufazara on the Khazim and Sayyidin Allah Khaiz. Even though Debbie used to spread it out, he returns and he and he he's Masadir Allah Khaiz on a cup of wine. De Lahitsi Banov Ubne Baisei in order that he should uh, he should uh, his children, his family, they should also fulfill their obligation. Right, the question is, if you're ready to fulfill your obligation, how could you fulfill the obligation for them? Okay, Frank, the Gimbadra, the Gimbadra asked, for Urban Messiah Shabbos, light was created Saturday night, but Tanyul and Nebrais, Asada, the Vadim, Nivru, Bedr, Shabbos, Benashmash, is ten things were created during the twilight of Shabbos. Hashem kept busy till the last moment, till the stars came out. Hashem is no doubt. By us, twilight is we don't know if it's Shabbos or not, so we have to be careful. But Hashem doesn't have any doubt, so Hashem could could work, even even Ben Ashmoshes. You know, Ben Ashmoshes is between sunset and the stars coming out. It's still light outside. The sun completely sets, yeah. but it's not dark. It takes a while till it gets dark. And when it gets dark, that's when the stars you see the stars. That's what we call twilight. We don't know if it's night or not night, so we have to be careful. But Hashem knows. Hashem could work, and Hashem kept busy till the last moment, till the stars came out. Even so, he even entered us, like a here, a half. He did something even when Shabbos started. What about a place to where it's dark for six months out of the year? That's There's no benefit. That's, that's a good question. Or it's, or it's day. Or it's day for six months of the year. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's day for the other six months, right? Yeah. Hmm. There's some exceptions to the rule. Right, so the, the Rambam explains that everything, there's nothing new under the sun. 
everything that happens in this world is already Hashem already woven into the fabric of creation. Like in the second day when Hashem says Hashem created split the water, created the water, He invested the water, the power to split. So it was already the potential was already there, and then the Jordan River. On the fourth day when he created the sun, Hashem programmed it, it should stand when Yeshua will stop the sun. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Now, right, and these ten things that he's going to mention, it's also mentioned in the Ethics of Our Fathers, a little of a different list. So, they were created, potentially they were created during the six days. Everything, everything had to happen in the six days of creation. Even these miraculous phenomenon, it has to be part of creation. When Hashem created the world, He already created the potential for these things. You can't say it's something new that happened. There's nothing new under the sun. But the Torah was created before creation. Torah is not creation, right. Torah is since creation. But, but anything that happens in this world, it, 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 this miracle nothing was really there, on. potentially was Actually already... all on day one. Was already there. Actually all on day one. And everything was expressed day after day. Torah is Hashem. Torah is Hashem is Torah. Torah For our is existence, maybe, but Hashem was here longer than that. So some explain why why were these ten things created during twilight, right before Shabbos, the end of Friday. He says, because these are all like holy things. These are all things that are very holy, very special. Not just, they're not really part of creation. They're like really, other miracles were there to save the Jewish people. The splitting of the sea literally saved them physically. And, but here, the splitting of the Jordan, to conquer the land, they were able to enter into the land. But here, it's more like spiritual. So it's like, it's twilight means like in between. It's in between weekday and Shabbos, the holiness of Shabbos and mm-hmm. weekday. Right. Um, yeah, whatever, all different types of explanations. So he says, what are these things? What are the ten things that were created during the twilight zone? As Friday was fading right before Shabbos, Elohim, Be'er, Miriam's well, which is miraculous, the water, okay, the water for 40 years in the desert, they had water from Miriam's, from the Be'er, from the stone. Amon, the manna, came from heaven. It was miraculous. It was heavenly bread. Akeshes, the rainbow. It's a sign of Hashem's covenant. Hashem pledged. He's never going to destroy man. Ksav, the script. Umichtav, and the pen with which he wrote the script. The script, the special writings in the Ten Commandments, in the Luchas, which were etched into the stone, and miraculously etched because it was hanging in the air, it was through and through, and the mem and the sama, the whole thing was miraculous. And the pen with which Hashem wrote it, so to speak, the whole thing was miraculous. Hashem wrote, it was a divine writing, divine letters and divine writing. And also, it was also, you can read it from every side, no matter which side you looked at it, from the back, the front, it, all, it always looked like the front, no matter which side. The whole thing was miraculous, divine type of writing. So all of this potential was created at the end of creation. The twilight, Friday, the twilight, right before Shabbos. And the tablets itself was also miraculous. Moshe didn't dig up the tablets. Not like the second set of tablets. Second set of tablets, Moshe dug the tablets. This first set of tablets, it came directly from Hashem. 
burial place. Which is also miraculously vanished. After the body was placed there, no one, no one could find it. And the cave that Moshe and Elio stood, when Hashem revealed himself, when Hashem revealed his 13 attributes of mercy, so he hid in the cave. And also Elijah the prophet, when Hashem revealed himself, also was at Mount Sinai, and he hid himself in the cave. So that cave was also a miraculous type of uh, <coughs> existence. Psychus piyasin, that the donkey opened its mouth, Bilam's donkey. And the opening of the earth's mouth to swallow the wicked, the Kairach, Kairach's rebellion. So all of these phenomenon were miraculous. Ethics of our fathers, he says, the stick of Moshe, he lists the stick of Moshe Rabbeinu. And also the Shamir. Rabbi says the name of his father, also fire, and the mule. Were also created at that time. Mule is a hybrid between a horse and a donkey. So even though this is nothing new under the sun, so the, the, the potential was created, the prototype was created during Bein Hashemoshes. Also the ram. That Avram Avinu, when the angel told him not to touch Yitzchak, so he found a ram and he substituted it for Yitzchak. That ram was also created at that time. Vashamir, and this uh, this little uh, worm was like the size of a barley, and it can cut through like a laser. It can slice through at anything. says Also the pliers. You can't make a plier without having a plier. You need a plier to hold the plier. So who made the first plier? Is it not? It must be Hashem created it. And he gave us the first tool with which we can make all the other tools. They call it tongues. Tongues. He said to him, no, that's not a proof. It's possible you form, you make a form. And you pour the hot mold, the hot lead, the hot right. metal into it, and then it forms. So this, it's not a person can't create it. It's no proof. Nevertheless, he still did, he didn't change his mind. He held that the first tongue, first plier, the first tongue was made by Hashem. <laughs> but what do we see from here? Everyone agrees that fire was created when? On Friday. So how could you tell them we would make a blessing on the fire Saturday night? Because Adam was the first one to create fire. What do you mean? It was created already Friday. Twilight. It's not a contradiction. We're talking about two different, two different fires. Or done human fire. That was created Saturday night. Or the fire of hell. Fires of hell, that was be of Shabbos. That was created in the twilight. In fact, the mother of Erdogan in Bed of Shabbos, you're telling me that the fire of Gehenna was created Friday in the twilight at the end of Friday. Seven things were created before the world was created. And Taita precedes the world, the Shuvah precedes the world, the Gan Eden. 
the Garden of Eden precedes the world, the pleasures of the Garden of Eden is not from this world, the Gehenim and the fires of hell are not from this world. The throne, the royal throne, the divine royal throne, the temple, where do we know this? It says, Hashem acquired me, it's the first, the first, of his ways, of his path. Those were before creation. Teshuvah, how do we know this? The Siva says, Before mountains were born, before mountains were created, Uksiva says right after that, Tashiv Enashadaka. He's talking about Teshuvah. That the idea of Teshuvah, the ability of Teshuvah, reaches even before the mountains were created. You should do Teshuvah, Adaka. Ganeiden, Ganeiden, Dixiv, it says. It says, it says. Bayita Shamalakim, Gambed Mikedem from before, no, it was from before creation, precedes creation. Gehenim held Dixiv, Kiodruch, Me Etmel, Tipata. That you prepared me'etmel yesterday, from before the time, before creation, you already prepared tipata, tipata, comes from the word, to seduce. Those who are, that's one of the names of hell, because those who are seduced to do evil and succumb to that, to that seduction, then they burn in hell. Kisi the base amigdash, it says, Kisi kavid madim medishen. It's higher than the first day of creation. Is the crown. The bathroom was created before. Bathroom. The throne of glory. And the temple. It says, His name will be forever. And before the sun, his name is Yinan, that's the name of Mashiach. So the question is that the, the hell, the fires of hell were created before, before creation. So when he says that fire was created on Friday, he must be referring to human fire. So how can you say human fire was first created on, on, on Saturday night? So your mother answers, Amri say, The space of Gehenna was built before the world was created. But the fire of Gehenim, where did they better Travis Friday. Where did they and our fire that's it, better where did they and the fire of Gehenim better Shabbos was created on Friday. In fact the Yimara really where did they better Shabbos even the fire of hell was created Friday at twilight. But that doesn't never rise. Rabbi Yisrael, Rabbi Yisrael says, "Oish barakah barakah b'sheni b'shabbos in the kvila elam." The light that Hashem created, the fire that Hashem created on Monday, never extinguishes. And Emmer says, "Viyot, viyot, subiro." They went out and they saw the pigre and nashim, the corpses of the people are patient be who uh, defy Hashem, who rebel against Hashem, the worms won't die, and the fire will not be extinguished. So this refers, so he says, that was the second day of creation, the fire of the hell was created, the second day of creation, the structure of hell was created before the world, but the fire of hell was created before on Mondays, so what was created on Friday? Our fires, how can you say Saturday night? That's the reason we do have whereby we make a blessing over the fire. We do have dollar Saturday night because of the fire we created. No, the fire it says clearly the fire was created Friday, Friday uh, during twilight. 
Why doesn't it say that the second day of creation was good? Every other day of creation says it was good. Except Monday. Because he created the fire of hell. Even though Monday. There's no reference to Monday. It was good. Hashem re-included it on the sixth day. It says, Hashem looked at all of his creation. On Friday, he says he looked at all of his creation. When Hashem finished creation, including what he created on Monday, and he says it was very good. But nevertheless, we see that the fire of hell was created on Monday. Ella, we have to answer like the following. The structure of hell was created before creation. For early day, the fire of hell was shiny on Monday. For early dawn, a human fire, bimachshava, in thought, all but as bad of Shabbos. Hashem thought of creating it on Friday during twilight. But when was it actually? Or the potential Hashem gave. Or when did it, when was it actualized? Only Saturday night. There were two things that Hashem thought to create Friday, but they weren't created until Matzai Shabbos. Matzai Shabbos and Saturday night. Hashem gave other medicine the awareness, a thought that he should an idea that reflects. Reflects the uh, what's going on above. Behavior, and he brought Shneavanim two stones, betachon zebazen. He rubbed them together. and fire came out. That was one thing that he created. And then another idea he gave him. Behavior, and he brought two animals together. A, a, a horse and a donkey. and a mule came out of them. So these two thoughts entered into creation on Friday. But when were they actualized? And they were actualized through Adam, who knew Hashem's thoughts. He was a reflection. Adam comes from the word Adam, Adam el Elyon. He's a reflection of above. So these thoughts that Hashem thought, Adam had the same thought. And he went ahead and actualized these thoughts and created fire. The fire emerged for the first time ever. And he created the mule. He paired these two animals together. He says, no. The mule was not a product of Adam in May Anahoyim. It was a product of, of Am. This was the children of Esau, the descendants of Esau. It says, Hu He's Anna found the mules in the desert. Those who learned from the Psukim, used to say, On the apostle, on himself was a bastard. He was a mamzer. It's very appropriate that he should be the one to bring bastards, since he himself was a bastard. So therefore, he should create in the animal kingdom also bastards. He took a, a horse and a, and, a, and a donkey and created a mule. How do we know that he was himself, Anna was a bastard, a mamzer? It says... These are the sons of Sawyer, and then, and then he lists Anna as one of his sons, and Sivan, and then he says, These are the sons of Sivan, 
So make up your mind: is Anna the son of of Seir, or was Anna the son of Tivan? Seir was the father; Tivan was the son. So, so the, here the title is telling us that Anna was Tivan's brother. He was the son of Seir. They were both the sons of Seir. And then he tells us that Anna is the son of Tivan. How could he be the son of his own brother? Ella Malame, that comes to teach us about Tivan Alimai. Tivan has relations with his mother. Son with a mother. Son with a mother, incest. And he gave birth to his own brother. <laughs> he was the father to his own brother. Oh, it wasn't given yet, so. so. So even, doesn't matter. This is when the seven Noah had was. You're not allowed to have incest with your mother. <laughs> That's true. So, this, so, is, so th- this was Esau. Right, this was his whole family. They were all yeah, yeah. bastards. They were all mamzadim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this, is this mentioned in the Torah? Yeah, the Bible, in the Torah. In, in, in Genesis, right. He's quoting Genesis. He's quoting in the Torah. Wow. So even though, so what does it mean? So when he says he was the son of Seir, it doesn't mean he was, it was his biological son. He was the son of his wife. Because <coughs> it wasn't his son. So he says it was his son. It was like the family. In other words, this was his, his, from his wife, his wife's son. She was the mother. So she was the mother of Tzivon and Anna. They were brothers. But Tzivon was Anna's father. He was the father of his own brother. Because he was incest with his mother. Taisu says, wait a minute. The Gemara says in Baba Basra, that the Gemara proves from here that you can call grandchildren children. Because it says he was the son of Tzivan, and Tzivan was the son of Seir. So Anna was Seir's grandson. And nevertheless, the Torah says, these are the sons of Seir, Tzivan and Anna. He calls his, his children, his grandson, his child, as if his grandson is his father's brother. So, so how could you learn that from me? You just said that we learned from here on the contrary. It's teaching me that he was a bastard. That he was Sivan's brother. He was his father's brother. <laughs> Can you imagine? And Tais was asked, it doesn't make sense. Why would the Titus say, why would the Titus say these are the sons of, uh, why would he call him the son of Seir? You said that Sivan had incest with his mother. So he's the son of Seir's wife. Not the son of Seir. How could the Torah say these are the sons of Seir, Tzivan and Anna? He's not the son of Seir. Of Seir. He was the son of, of Seir's wife. So therefore, Teisvah says... That therefore, that's why the Gemara says. It doesn't make sense. Even with this explanation, the Gemara is telling us here that Tzivan had incest with his mother and he gave birth to his own brother. His son was his own brother. That's not a reason enough. That doesn't explain why the Torah can say these are the sons of Seir, Tzivan and Anna. Anna was not his son. He was his stepson. He was his stepson and his grandson, but not his son. So unless you can call a grandson a son, it wouldn't make sense to call him a son. So that's a proof that you could even call a grandson a son. Why we of all the grandchildren we call only him? A, 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 every every grandson should be called a son. No, because it was his wife's son. Because it was a stepson. Because it was his wife's son. His son had incest with his own mother. 
and gave birth to his own to his own brother. So because so because so that's why the Torah in this case says he is the son. Uses that that a grandson could also be called a son because he was a stepson and he was a grandson, and so he calls him a son. Yeah. No, but the Jewish people are pure. The Jewish people, there's no, God forbid, there's no incest, there's no such relations. No, All the no, relationships are pure. Right. It was a mess. In other words, Elon? In fact, you might have a Maybe it's two separate Anas. What do they call it, Elon? Yeah, that's, I knew what would say that. Maybe Tzivan had a son. Yeah, you can call your son and, and your uncle's name. What's, what's the big deal? Or Junior, one was Junior. <laughs> I should say something that Shavu Malka didn't say. Who is Shavu Malka? Shmuel. Shavu Malka was the name of the Persian king at that time. So he called Shmuel, who was like a king. He called the rabbi, his rebbe, like Shavu Malka. He's like a king. Because whatever he says, his verdict, that becomes law. He opens his mouth and he says something. And that becomes law. It's like a king. Shmuel. Shmuel. He's referring no Shmuel the Shmuel the Amida from, from the Gemara. You get the Amri? Yeah, yeah, the Amr Shmuel. You get the Amr other say Amra Papa. Amina Mills, I'm gonna say the Shava Malkali Amr. Shava Malkan say Manu Rava. Rava he referred to Shava Malka. Amakara, who Anna, who Anna. Who Anna the Mekara. He didn't say it, but I'm saying it that the title is telling me. Who Anna? Who Anna? It's the same Anna. When the Taylor says Who Anna, why does they have to say Who Anna? Tell me, it's the same Anna that we said earlier. The same Anna was the son of Seir. He is the son of Tivan because he was a bastard, a mamz. Tell me, Rabban and the rabbis learn. I saw the Dvarim Nivavin Ten things were created during twilight. Be'er, the rock which gave water, the bed of Miriam, Muman, and the manna from heaven, and the caches, and the rainbow, Aksava, Michtov, Aluchis, and the tablets, Kibrit, and Moshe, the cave of Moshe, Mahar, Shamad, and Moshe, and the cave that Moshe and Elio stood, Psychus, Piazin, the opening of the mouth of the donkey, Psychus, Piazin, the opening of the mouth of swallowed up Kairach and his rebellion, Livaloyas, Rashaim, Yashemrim. Others say, Afmaklish, Ladrin, also the stick of Adrin, Shkedeh, Prachel. When miraculously, after the rebellion of Kairat, to prove that Hashem chose Aaron, the shkedim, the, 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 the stick, the stick, the rod, suddenly miraculously grew, sprouted the almonds and also the leaves and everything. Also mazikin are like demons. So they're like half angels. They're not full-fledged angels, like half angels. So they're, they're mazikin. And others say, af, also... Have big deshal adamadishin. Adamadishin's clothes. Adamadishin had clothes that had in, engraved in it every type of animal, and the animals were afraid of him. Nimrod, he took it. He he he, he acquired it. That's what Yaakov wore to get the blessing. That's why he's called Gibbert Sayed. He was able to capture any animal. Esav murdered Nimrod, and he took his clothes, and that was the that was the clothes that Yaakov right wore. And then Rivka gave it right. to her son right. to go take the blessing. Exactly. And others say Rashi says others say that this is the clothes that Hashem made for Adam. When Adam was ashamed, he was naked, and he was caught naked. Hashem made for him clothes, and that was the clothes of Adam. Tell the rabbis, the rabbis learn Shiva Devarim seven things, mechusim seven things that are hidden from man. Eilad Yemah Misa, no one knows when he's going to die. Yemah Nachama, 
no one knows when we're going to be personally consoled when our anxiety will be alleviated why because if you knew it's coming to an end you wouldn't the grief wouldn't be so so real ah it has an expiration date okay i can hold out for a day or two or a week however long since you don't know when the consolation is going to come that's what makes the grief a grief it's like that's the reason why hashem why didn't hashem explain to us why does human suffer Mm-hmm. why the gullus is so harsh and so bitter and so seemingly never ending because Hashem doesn't want us if we knew if we knew the reason why we suffer we knew this we wouldn't, uh, we wouldn't cry out to Hashem it wouldn't be so terrible we wouldn't cry for Hashem to bring Mashiach well we understand why yeah. so Hashem doesn't tell us when you're alleviated so you can feel the grief and the depth of the din. The depth of the din is even when people hear there's a jury and there's, there's a judge and you're listening to the witnesses, most people don't get to the bottom of it. Yeah, the real truth. Rashi says, others say it means the Mashiach will come. The depth of din, we're all going to stand in judgment, right? No one really knows what the other person is thinking. The heart of another person. Is he a friend? Is he a foe? Does he appear to be a friend? Does he really care? Could he care less? It's very superficial. People can be very charming and have, uh, have hearts of stone. And can be psychopaths. People can be gruff and can be hearts of gold inside. You know, you never really know. Yeah, you never really know what's going on in a person's heart. No one knows how you're going to make a living. It's a mystery. Which stock is going to go up or not? Which stock is going to go up or not? Malchus based David. Malchus based David must say, when the kingdom of David is going to return, when Mashiach is actually going to come, nobody knows it. And when the Roman, the Roman, the Western world, must say, when is going to come to an end? It seems like the time is now. Tanda Rabbana and the rabbis learn. Gimel Devarim. Alu Mashavali Baris. Three things Hashem entered his mind to create. Vimlei Alu. And if he didn't, Dinu Shialu. It makes sense that he should have sort of thought to create. Alamei Shiasriya. That when a dead corpse should decay, should smell. Otherwise, people would keep their loved ones at home, preserve them, keep them at home. If they wouldn't uh, decay, you would keep right. them forever at home. Like this, they decay, so you can forget them. You should forget the person who died, otherwise he couldn't live, he would be paralyzed, right? And grain, that it should, it should, it should uh, melt, it should rot. Because, uh, spoil. Because other than that, people would hoard forever. And then, and then uh, you know, it would, be, it would be a tremendous inflation. People would hoard. Like this, it rats. You can't hoard it. So you have to sell it. You're forced to sell it. It has an expiration date. Otherwise, and today with electronics, it never stale. But the truth is, electronics changes every second. It's outdated. The moment, if you don't sell it right away, it's outdated. You can't hoard it. Yosef had His grain, the people's grain rather, but his didn't. That was miraculous. And he, and he taco hoarded it. That was his point. Intended to hoard it. And that's why he made everyone slaves. So imagine you're going to have Hashem and others say, that Hashem thought that the currency, 
currency that it circulates. A dollar because, bill will never So, because even coins, even coins that were made of real metal, the value is much more than the actual metal of the gold or the silver. So it, it's astonishing, especially fiat, fiat currency, dollar, it's, it's nothing. Bitcoin and yet it has a value. It's a hundred dollar bills. Bitcoin it's worth nothing. So it's nothing. It's lufgeschäft. And nevertheless, people accept it. So it's a miracle. It's one of the things Hashem entered in his mind that Alamat Okay. Next mission. In the places we have a custom to do work on Tisha B'av, do work, allow to, those who have a custom not to do work, you're not allowed to do work, every place, here there's no difference in customs, wherever, anywhere in the world, the Torah scholars don't do work on Tisha B'av, since we're mourning, we're mourning for the destruction of the temple, you don't do work, just like a person who's mourning. What about the second temple there? They were parting and rejoicing, no? Not really. Shimon Gamliel says, Shimon Gamliel says, Shimon Gamliel says, Shimon Gamliel says that every person is allowed, you have permission to consider yourself like a Talmud Chacham. You want to be strict on yourself. Usually in other places, you can't be strict upon yourself. Unless you're a Torah scholar, you're a very special person, you can't just uh, willingly volunteer to be strict on yourself. Because it's arrogant. It's hubris. But when it comes to Tisha B'av, he says, everyone could take upon himself to consider, treat himself like a Tamil Chacham and not do work. That's the Mishnah. There's no Taina Sibur in Babel. Taina Sibur is when there was no rain, when there was a drought, and you can die, there's no rain, nothing grows. So they would make a full-fledged tainus. Different stages, but the ultimate stage was they would fast from nightfall till 24 hours. But in Babel, there's no rain. In Babylonia, it never rains. They don't live off rain, they have rivers. So therefore, there's no point, there's no tiny sibur in Babel. The only one is Tishabav. Tishabav is the only fast that we fast 24 hours, except in Kippur. But what about Yom Kippur? No, except in Kippur. He's talking about a, it's like a fast, a negative. In Kippur, is Hashem forgives us, it's a, it's a positive. So there's no fast, any tiny sibur in Babel, only Tishabav. Bilvat. So the Gemara says, Do you want to say the Sabbat Shmuel, the Shmuel holds, Tespa ben Ashmashes Shleyaser, the Tisha B'av, even ben Ashmashes, even twilight, you're not allowed to eat or do work, those who accept upon themselves not to do work. Just like Tainus Sibur. By Tainus Sibur, you. Tiny Sibur, if there's a drought in Israel and there's no rain, you have to start to fast from Ben Hashmashas from twilight. So Shmuel is comparing Tishabav to Tiny Sibur. He says the only Tiny Sibur we have is Tishabav. The only communal fast we have for something negative is Tishabav. So then is he saying that he's treating it exactly equally to a Tiny Sibur? That even starting Ben Hashmashas, you're not allowed to eat? How can you say that? Shmuel, Shmuel himself said, It's only when it's certainly night, only then they have to start to fast. But it's twilight, you can still eat. Unlike Tain Sibur. If you're going to want to say, you're going to say that maybe Shmuel holds, that every Tain Sibur is the same thing. That even in Israel, where, where you do need rain, and if it doesn't rain and the community fasts, 
there too, the fast only begins when it's certainly night time. You can't say that, and we learn the Mishnah, that when you have a tiny sibur and you have to fast day and night, starting the night time, you, could, you have to eat from while it's during the day. Surely he's coming to teach me only when it's certain day, certainly daytime. But not ben hashmashes when I'm in doubt, when it's twilight, I mean, it's between day and night. The sun set already, the stars didn't come out yet. At that time, I'm not allowed to eat. So that's a Mishnah. Shmuel can argue with the Mishnah. So therefore, how can Shmuel say that then that the Tisha B'Av is the only Tainas Sibur? It's not like a Tainas Sibur. Hey, Tainas Sibur, you start to fast from twilight. Versus Tisha B'Av, Shmuel says you start to fast only when the stars come out, when it's certainly night time. Everything about Allah, that's not what the Mishnah means. The Mishnah comes to exclude the Mutim Mishachashecha. means as long before it's certainly night time. Name of Messiah, let us say, I'll bring you a proof to this. We learn name in Tisha B'Av Liyamakipurim. There's no difference between Tisha B'Av Liyamakipurim, El Shazet, Sveke Osir, Vizet Sveke Mutter. To bring a proof to Shmuel's opinion that on Tisha B'Av I'm allowed to eat until it's certainly nightfall. Because it says there's no difference between Tisha B'Av and Yom Kippur, only a doubt. What, do you, what does he mean? Surely he means Yom Kippur during twilight and doubt, you're not allowed to eat. Versus, versus Tisha B'Av during the twilight, I could eat. That proves Shmuel's point that on Tisha B'Av I don't have to be that strict. Only when it's certainly nighttime, that's when the fast begins. Because the whole Tisha B'Av is only rabbinic. So when, it's doubt, when you're in doubt, you're always lenient. Any rabbinic, you're in doubt, you're lenient. That's not what he means. That's not what the Bryson means when he says there's no difference between Yom Kippur and Tisha B'Av, only a doubt. What he means is, Oh, In other words, but you don't know, the difference in Tisha B'Av and Yom Kippur is, you don't know if it's Yom Tifin. You don't know what day of the month was decided to be, to, when, when they decided that it's Rosh Chodesh. So on Tisha B'Av, you wouldn't have to fast two days. On Yom Kippur, you would have to fast two days. What do you mean Yom Kippur, you have to fast two days? Who fasts two days Yom Kippur? Even outside the land of Israel, even when they weren't sure, they never fasted two days Yom Kippur. Because you can't impose on the community 48-hour fast. It's not possible. It's not humanly possible. Some people can fast all week, but most people, <laughs> they'll die. It's not humanly possible. You can't make the community fast 48 hours. And what, what did they do then? They relied on the fact that most years, almost all years, Elul was a 29-day month. So they safely assumed that, uh, that uh, it was a 29-day month, and the 30th day is the first day of Tishrei. And based on that, the 10th day after that, they fasted in Yom Kippur. And later on, they found out what the Bezdin decided, if they were right or wrong. So what, so what does he mean that Yom Kippur is different than Tisha B'Av? That there when you're in doubt, you have to be strict and Tisha B'Av not. He means to say an individual. An individual is traveling in the desert. And he's lost. He lost his calendar. He lost his, his time. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. He, everyone in Israel knows when Yom Kippur is. But he doesn't know. He's lost. He's traveling in the desert. He didn't hear. He doesn't know. So he has to keep two days Yom Kippur. He has to fast. Oh, an individual has to fast 48 hours. That's what Rashi says. 
But uh, Tisha B'Av not. Tisha B'Av, you can be lenient. Since it's only Rabbin, you can be lenient. But when it comes to Bein HaShemashet, maybe Bein HaShemashet, there is no difference between Yom Kippur and Tisha B'Av. Even Tisha B'Av, also the twilight zone, you have to fast. So it's no, no, no proof from here. Tanish Rav, uh, Rav learned. Taisu said there's another distinction between the uh, Yom Kippur and Tisha B'av. Like we're learning now, Taisu to add. Yom Kippur, we just learn you have to add. Not only Ben Hashemashas, you already have to add to Yom Kippur even during the day, a few minutes of the day, you have to already stop eating and, st- and, and, st- and stop, stop doing work. Mm-hmm. Versus Tisha B'av, there's no mitzvah of Taisus. You don't have to add to Tisha B'av. Mm-hmm. Says, yeah, but that's not what he's referring to. He's referring to the tainus, the fast day itself. Mm-hmm. He's, he's referring to connected to the fast. So the fast itself, there's no difference between between Yom Kippur and and, and, and Tisha B'av only when you're in doubt. Tadash Rav expounded. We learn Uberis, women who are pregnant, and who nurse. They must fast, and they must finish the fast, complete the fast. Just like Yom Kippur was strict. Yom Kippur was strict that even women, it's difficult for them. Nevertheless, they have to finish, they have to fast the whole day Yom Kippur and finish the fast. Other fast days, you can be lenient. But a woman is pregnant and it's hard for her, or she's nursing and it's hard for her. She doesn't have to fast. But Yom Kippur, you, you're strict, so to Tisha B'Av, you're also strict. Then, and of Tisha B'Av is prohibited. Not like Shmuel. Not like Shmuel, who said that Bein HaShemashas is allowed, but he said it's prohibited. My love, surely, what does he mean? What's the distinction? How is Tisha B'Av not like a regular Tainas Sibur? Bein HaShemashas. A tiny sibur is stricter that even menashmash is twilight zone, you have to fast. But the, but the Tisha B'av, you can be lenient. Hmm. How can you say that you're not allowed to eat Tisha B'av from twilight? He's talking about Limlacha, he's talking about for work. That Tisha B'av, you can work. Tisha B'Av is not like Taina Sibur. When the community is fasting, there's a drought and about to die. So they have to not eat for 24 hours and also not work. Tisha B'Av, you can work. Those that have the custom to work, you can work. Is that what Rabbi Yechon is coming to teach me? Why do I need Rabbi Yechon to teach me? We learned in our Mishnah that we just learned. Tanina. Makram Shanagu. Lasus Malach of Tisha B'Av That those who have a custom to work are allowed to work. Even Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, he doesn't argue on this. He just says, All he says is, That if you want to volunteer, to take upon yourself the strictness, to consider yourself like a Torah scholar, and not work, even if the rest of the city is working, you're allowed, and you don't, there's no hubris involved. You don't look... You, you don't appear to be arrogant. You're allowed to. Avamesali Yosri never prohibited. 
surely in those communities you're allowed to work if you choose to work unless you're Tamil Chacham you're allowed to work so what's Rabbi Yechna coming to teach me? Mm-hmm. What's he coming to teach me? During a tiny sibur, like in Yom Kippur, they would add a fifth prayer, ni'ila prayer. Mm-hmm. But on Tisha B'av, you don't add a ni'ila prayer. That's what he says. It's not like a tiny sibur. Mm-hmm. A person can daven all day. So if you want, you could daven all day. So who says on Tisha B'av, I can't add a fifth prayer? He says, he answers, the Gemara answers, there on, your, on the fast day, the public fast day for drought, on your, there it's an obligation. Rabbi Yechon says, if you want, you can daven. So Tisha B'Av, like any other day, if you want, you can daven. Any day of the year, if you want to add, you can daven. Taisu says, it's not so, Rabbi Yechon doesn't say a person can daven, it's a, it's a prayer in vain. It's only in the case when a person is in doubt whether he davened or not, Rabbi Yechonin says, you can daven again, even though it's only rabbinic. And when you're in doubt, you have to be lenient. And maybe you would consider it a brachal of atolo. You're not allowed to. There's a biblical thing involved. Not allowed to say a blessing, Hashem's name in vain. Rabbi Yechonin says, no, you know what? If there's a need, there's a purpose, I'm in doubt whether I daven, then we say, but here, on a Tisha B'av, what's he asking? What right do I have to daven? There's no obligation to daven. There's no doubt. There's no obligation. So why why should I be allowed to daven even according to even according to Rabbi Yechonon? So Teisvus answers <coughs> because since Tisha B'av is similar to a Taina Sivu, it's also a fast day, a public fast day, of public tragedies, national tragedies. So therefore, therefore, maybe I should compare it to a Taina Sivu. So therefore, in this case, Rabbi Yechonon would allow you to daven. He wouldn't consider it a blessing in vain. And that's what he answers. There, you're obligated. Here, you're not obligated. Yes, if you want, you could, but you're not obligated. Doesn't mean it's totally voluntarily. There is some reason to say you should daven. But nevertheless, it's only if you want to. There's no ob- uh, obligation. So that's that Rabbi Yechon's coming to teach me the distinction between Tisha B'Av and a tiny Sibur, a public fast. Be by the same, uh, or if you want to answer your sibur, what does Rabbi Yechonon, what's Rabbi Yechonon coming to teach me? A Tisha B'Av is not like a tiny sibur, lesson by a tiny sibur, in addition to the 18 blessings of Shemun they would add another six blessings, special blessings. On Tisha B'Av, we don't add the special blessings. It's a regular Shemun the regular prayer. Now, Papa, Amara, Papa says, my what does Rabbi Yechonon mean? A Tisha B'Av is not like a tiny sibur, he means to say. He means like that. Ben Ashmashes. That Yom Kippur, Tainu Sibur. You have to start the fast from Ben Ashmashes. But if he asks, how could he how could he say then that on Tisha B'av you don't have to start to fast from twilight? And Rabbi Yechonon himself said that you do have to start to fast from twilight. 
So he says, when he says it's not like a fast day, he's not referring to the later fast days. He's referring to the first fast days. There's a sequence. Whenever there was a drought, there was a sequence. You didn't start right away with a 24-hour fast. First you started with a regular fast, and you could still work. A day fast. Then when it got severe and it wasn't helping, Hashem wasn't responding to all our fasting and praying, then they would up the ante and intensify the fast and make a full-fledged fast, 24-hour fast. So that's what he's saying. The Tisha B'Av is not like the early fast on the drought. It's like the later fast. When you're not allowed to, you have to stop eating even from twilight. And Tisha B'Av is the same. You stop eating from twilight. Mace, well, I'll ask you a question. We learn Yom Kippurim. There's no difference between the fast of Tisha B'av and Yom Kippur. El My lab, my Mutter. What is he referring to? My lab certainly means Ben That Yom Kippur, you have to fast. Taking, you have to start fasting. Even biblically, you obligate the fast itself. Obligates you to fast even from the twilight when you're in doubt. Versus uh, Tisha B'av, you don't have to fast in twilight. How can I be able to say the fast starts when Like he said, he said before, referring to when you're in doubt, when the Shchidosh was was set, so you don't know if it's Yom Kippur or not. So an individual has to fast two days. Mm-hmm. But everything else, Tisha B'av and Yom Kippur are the same. Messiah and Abulaza. This supports that what Abulaza said. A person is not allowed to even put his pinky in cold water on Tisha B'av to cool off. Just like in Yom Kippur. All other fast days I'm allowed to. But on Tisha B'av I'm not allowed to benefit have pleasure. Just like on Yom Kippur, I have to refrain. No shoes and no intimacy and no eating and no drinking and no bathing. And not even put, putting your finger, cooling your finger and pinky in hot water. So to Tisha B'Av is the exact same thing. So everything else, Tisha B'Av and Yom Kippur are alike. Mm-hmm. Because they're, they're both, even though, yeah. So Meisvel well, asked you a question. We learned in the Brais, Amen, Tisha B'Av, Latina Sibur. There's no difference between Tisha B'Av and Latina Sibur. Tisha B'Av, I'm allowed to work, versus the severe fast day of the drought, the final fast days of the drought. Not only am I not allowed to eat for 24 hours and starting from twilight, but I'm not allowed to even work. But, the, but, but on Tisha B'Av, I'm allowed to work with Makam Shinagu places where they have a custom that everyone is allowed to work except the Torah scholars, you're allowed to work, but everything else, and for everything else, Tisha B'av and fast days are equal. So if that's the case, we look at by tiny Sibur, we learn, you're not allowed to bathe, not to take a shower, you bathe your whole body, take a shower, to wash part of your face, yod of your hands, of your feet, you are allowed to. And you said that Tisha B'av and Taina Sibra are, are equivalent. The only difference between Tisha B'av and a regular fast day of, for a drought is only... What? What's the distinction? Whether you're allowed to work or not. That's it. Everything else, they're equal. So if I'm allowed to dip my finger in cold water and a tiny sibur, I can do the same in Tisha B'av. And here you're telling me, no, Tisha B'av is like Yom Kippur. Answer, and we continue. I'm 55A. 
The Tana is not talking about strictness. He's talking about leniencies. He's saying there's no difference between Tisha B'Av and Yom Kippur. In leniencies, the only leniency we find in Tisha B'Av is that in Yom Kippur, in Tisha B'Av, if you're in doubt, you don't know when it's Tisha B'Av, you can be lenient. You don't have to fast one day, you don't have to fast two days. And then he says, the only leniency between Tisha B'Av and a regular Tainas Shibur for a drought is, the leniency is that you're allowed to work. On Tisha B'Av, those that places have a custom you're allowed to work, and not on the Tainas Shibur. But he's not talking about the strictness. The Tisha B'Av is stricter than... He's not discussing it, so he can't say, so, oh, he means everything else is the same. No, everything else is the same, that, that, that there's no leniency. But that Tisha B'Av could be stricter? Yes, Tisha B'Av is stricter than Taina Siva. It's, 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 like, it's like Yom Kippur, and that he's not discussing. Everyone have a wonderful day, have a good Chaydash, all the best.